Coming up on today's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast, it is all about Raiders GM Dave Ziegler, as he was one of the guests that we had at the Raiders Roundtable on Raiders Content Day. You'll hear that conversation, that extended conversation with the Raiders GM, all coming up on Thursday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast for June 22nd, 2023. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. Welcome in Raider Nation to another edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. Thank you so much for making the show your first listen of the day. Make sure you subscribe or follow for free on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast to get the latest edition of the show. Make sure that you're checking us out on YouTube. And if you are checking us out on YouTube, we definitely appreciate you. We appreciate my man Ari does a great job each and every day on Twitter at Ari Produces, making sure that we're up on YouTube. We're looking good. We're sounding good. We're doing what we got to do. And right now, uh, we're another day into vacation. So it's another best of show. And we're going to continue to do this through the 28th. Just a little bit of a programming note but uh, it's very rare that I go on a vacation so I'm on vacation with the family right now and we will be back like I said uh, back to normal shows and normal programming as of the 28th but as of right now we're going to go ahead and jump into the conversation that myself JT the Brick and Eric Allen had at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center Raiders HQ for Raiders Content Day it was really fun it's three and a half hours long talked to many different people many different players including Raiders GM Dave Ziegler here's that conversation at least part one of it Let's talk about what's changed since the draft. We recapped it with you on Raider Nation Radio and now OTAs. What are you most excited, most excited about? Yeah, I'm, I'm just I'm excited about the energy that we have with this team. I think, you know, when we talk about um, what it means to be a Raider and, and what we're trying to build here, we're trying to, uh, you know, in, in, in put as many players on the roster that have a high football intelligence. Um, that are able to operate in critical situations, understand um, understand uh, their role within the team, guys that are physically and mentally tough, um, and guys that have a passion for football and love the process. And I think that's what I'm really excited about this team. We have a lot of guys that love the process. We have a lot of guys that are pulling in the same direction. Um, we're getting tremendous leadership out of you know some of our um, you know some of the guys that we expect. And I'm excited about our young guys that we drafted. We're getting you know we're seeing a lot of strides that they've made in, in a short amount of time, from their conditioning to their physical appearance, and and then just their their performance on the field here um, during OTAs, which you can only take so much yeah. you know from that. But um, it's, it's been good. I feel like um, we have a, a um, we're in a different spot than we were a year ago. Um, partly because there's a lot of guys that are in year two in the system, not just the players, but the coaches too, um, and have an understanding of what, what the expectations are. Um, the players have an understanding of what the expectations are, and our coaches have an understanding of how to get the most out of these individual players. And so um, really excited about the energy, the work ethic, and, and where we're going right now. You know, that's what I, w- I was talking about, the OTAs, and it looked like everything was going faster than it yeah. was a year ago. And you mentioned having that second year. How important is it to have those alpha dogs like a Devontae and Max leading the charge in OTAs. Yeah, it's really important. And they'll both tell you too, and and they've told me there's a level of anxiety or stress that they don't have this year when it comes to learning what am I supposed to be doing? Right. Yeah. You know, and so you know how that goes. There's right. that thinking process of what am I supposed to be doing? I'm also trying to lead. I'm also trying to do this and that. Now those two guys, you know, in particular have come in. They know exactly what their role is. They know the, the offensive scheme, the defensive scheme, and now they're just really um, focused on getting better individually, but also pulling guys with them. Yeah. And uh, they've both done a tremendous job. And, and you know, Max is, um, he's better. 
set out here just working out behind us a second ago. So, <laughs> Showing you know, off the guns. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> so, um, he's leading the charge. And, yeah, we're really excited about the leadership we have on this team right now. I'll tell you, what is, what's that ideal young player for this Raiders team look like? I mean, his, his versatility, his yeah. competitiveness. What does that ideal young player look like? Yeah, I think, um, I, you know, I'd regurgitate a little bit of what I said before. But I think one thing, too, is, you know, we're looking to add guys that have some sort of ability to um, – a level of explosiveness and or a level of disruptiveness in their game. And so that's something that we're looking for, and it comes in different packages. Right. It could be a corner that has great length at the line of scrimmage and can disrupt and press man. Yeah. You know, it can be a guy that can disrupt in the kicking game or uh, or disrupt as an offensive player. And so, you know, we're looking for that. Um, versatility is important. The more that you can do, um, you know, when you you pigeonhole yourself, and you're going to have some guys that are one position players yeah. on your roster, but the more guys that aren't, they have to be good too. Yeah, they have to be good. And so, I'd say that level of explosiveness disruptiveness a level of versatility and like like I said you know the the cultural fabric for what when we talk about being a raider it's that smart tough physical you know mentally tough physical player with a level of explosiveness and a level of disruptiveness and that's what we're going to preach and 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 I think we've done a good job of adding those types of players this offseason but that's what we looked for in the guys that we drafted and, and we're really excited about this draft class their level of maturity and how they've come in as pros from day one um, they have a ways to go but they're off to a good start well great segue to the defensive line with Tyree seventh overall with Chandler Jones we just spent some time talking about his expectations and Max the alpha dog I'm fascinated by what you have in side these mm -hmm. defensive tackles how they develop from last year the ones who were here to who you brought in this year seems like it's going to be a strength of this team yeah we've definitely um, improved the competition and we've gotten a lot younger there too um, between Neil, Neil Farrell and Matt Butler last year we um, drafted Nestra Silvera in the seventh round um, the interior drafted Byron Young in the third round so it's a much different room uh, the composition of the room from when we got there to where we're at now and um, we're excited about that group Neil and Matt have, have done um, they've made a lot of changes physically from from their rookie year and their their strength their their body comp and things of that nature they're playing faster um, again they don't have the pads on yet so we'll mm -hmm. see you know what it what it really looks like once we get to training camp but they've done and improved in areas that they could control yeah. in the offseason and so that's exciting to see and um, John Jenkins we added a veteran guy there I mean there's mm -hmm. there's there's going to be some competition yeah. inside you know before the draft you told us about production versus projections and it looks like all the guys that you drafted all have college production as yeah. well and they project to continue to grow, but the production, how important was it to get that production under their belt early? Yeah, I think it's important. And it's, it's um, one, I think for us, it gives us more confidence when you see a guy that has been able to produce and produce with consistency at the college level. It gives mm -hmm. you, you know, uh, uh, I guess, you know, some confidence in their ability to, to do that in the NFL. Obviously, you still want some room to grow, too. Um, so that's important. I think it gives them confidence, too, you know, that they've been productive within, you know, within their league and, and, and versus the competition that they face, that they can come in and compete at the NFL level. And so um, they all have room to grow. They all have room to improve. But to have that resume of, of solid college production, it's something that, you know, gives us some confidence. I really liked Brandon a couple years ago when he was on our team face on. What did you see in him that 
it to bring him back. Yeah, well, we loved him when we came in and we got to know him for the brief time that we did um, before he left in free agency. Um, we knew that he fit some of the things that we've talked about. We knew he had a, ha a high passion for football. He loves the process of yeah. preparing for the game, which is really important. Um, he has great length. He can be disruptive at the line of scrimmage. Um, he can be a physical player, and he's a smart player. And so we liked all those attributes. Um, you know, he has um, uh, the ability because of his size and length to be a disruptive guy at the line of scrimmage. Yeah, as we take a look at him now and his production and what you expect to see, Dave, let's stay in the secondary. A lot of competition, faster players who can close in on the ball via the draft and who you're bringing back. So I'm interested in that. When you decide to keep a player because he fits your scheme and then you bring in someone to compete with that player via the draft and free agency, let's talk about the secondary from the safeties to the corners. Yeah. Well, we brought in Marcus Epps, um, and, and I would say he's been as advertised for us. Right. Um, tremendous leader, tremendous football intelligence. Uh, you need to have a guy on the back end to get everybody else right and, and to make sure that the communication from the sec third level to the linebacker the defensive line is fluid. He's done a good job of that in the spring. You see an instinctive player that can read um, read pattern concepts and go get make plays on the ball. So that's been exciting. Um, I think he's helped Trayvon in his development mm -hmm. um, in terms of just continuing to grow in, in terms of preparation and, and understanding what offenses are doing schematically based on formation and personnel and things of that nature. And so I'm really excited about hit, um, about those two guys. Isaiah Palomalo's back and, and another year of development for him. Him. So we're excited about him along with Roderick Teamer. Um, and then we signed Jaquan Johnson also um, this offseason. And so, um, you know, and, and he's a guy that comes from a program with the Buffalo Bills. You know, that's a good program. Um, he knows how to prepare. He knows how to practice hard. He knows how to work. So excited about him. And then obviously Chris, you know, Chris Smith we drafted, you know, from Georgia. And Chris is, you know, similar to Marcus, is another guy that relies on his instincts and football intelligence to make plays. And these guys have gotten their hands on some footballs here this spring. <laughs> um, so, you know, we're, we're excited to see that. All right, let's move to the linebackers, and we're going to segue also into the alumni coming up here. Great story. I'm with Phil Villapiano. Spillane's there. He's 41. Phil comes up to me. You know, JT, this is my guy. He's got my number. And he looked at Phil. He knew who he was. He got the whole thing. Yeah. He talked about his grandfather who played for the Pittsburgh Steelers and how he wants to be an impact player here. You mentioned Epps. Now let's talk about the linebackers led by that production that he brings from Pittsburgh and what yeah. you expect from that whole unit. Yeah, we're excited about him and Divine, you know, pairing yeah. together. Um, Robert is another self-made um, guy, chip on your shoulder, loves the process, loves to work, loves to get in the weight room, um, loves to put an extra time in the film room. And again, that's what we wanted to, to continue to improve the fabric of this team. We're building a foundation here. And so we're trying to build a foundation of guys that have, can, that can be great examples to the younger players um, and how they prepare and perform. So, you know, we added Robert, um, who's a guy that was able to wear the green dot in Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. make the calls, lead the defense, get people lined up, problem solve. He's a physical downhill player um, and probably a little bit more athletic than than even what we anticipated um, since we've got him. His speed and quickness is, is a little bit better than what we thought. Um, it's hard, you know, you don't see it until you, sometimes you get him right in the grass in front of you. Um, so he's done an, a, a good job. Divine continues to develop. Luke Masterson's made a big jump. Yeah, I like Luke. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really yeah. did the time yeah, you he know, had he, last year. You know, a guy that played safety um, in college, he played linebacker too, but it wasn't, you know, he didn't start off right. as a linebacker. So he was still developing and growing. So he's done a good job. And then, you know, we brought Curtis Bolton back 
back who made an impact for us in the kicking game. Um, and we have a couple other young players there that we signed in, in free agency. And so, um, yeah, there's going to – and you know, we drafted Zach Bernie in the sixth round from Florida. And, you know, he's shown some of the athletic traits that we saw in Florida out here on the field here. So have some young guys there, you know, some yeah. guys that still have some things to prove. Um, and so we're excited about that competition there. So there was part one of the conversation with Raiders GM Dave Ziegler. Again, very uh, gracious with his time on Raiders Content Day. We spent about 30 minutes with him, so it's going to be all GM Dave Ziegler on today's show. That was just part one of the conversation. Coming up in part, uh, coming up in segment number two, we'll have part two of that conversation where I'll actually lead off talking all things Divine Diablo and asking about Divine Diablo. Before we get to that, though, do want to tell you about the title sponsor of the show, which is FanDuel. And right now, as you know, the NBA Finals, done deal. NHL, the Stanley Cup Finals, done deal. So now it's a lot of baseball. Baseball is in full swing. There's no better place to get in the, on the action than FanDuel. It's America's number one sports book. Right now, all new customers get a no-sweat first bet at the one thousand dollars that's one thousand dollars back in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win all you got to do is go to fanduel.com slash locked on to join today there's many different styles of playing that you can do uh, if you want to bet on the first five innings you can do that a player prop bet you can do that a total uh, total runs for the game you can do that you don't want to bet on anything past the first five innings you don't have to there's all kind of different options at fanduel.com but you don't want to miss your chance to sag, snag that no sweat first bet up to one thousand dollars when you join fanduel today go to fanduel.com slash locked on to sign up that's fanduel the official partner of major league baseball major league baseball trademarks used with permission your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Want to jump into part two of the conversation with Raiders GM Dave Ziegler. That is from the Raiders Roundtable, Raiders Content Day. Uh, three and a half hours long, three and a half hours strong. Really fun day uh, at the Raiders facility. It was a blessing to be a part of. I still uh, find times where I pinch myself because I just can't really believe that uh, what I'm doing is what I'm doing, right? I mean, again, uh, it's just kind of unbelievable when you realize, uh, you know, what you're doing on the daily. Sometimes I take it for granted, but I try not to. I try to make sure I always keep in uh, perspective what's going on. So here's part two of the conversation with Raiders GM Dave Ziegler. It starts off with me asking about Divine Diablo or Big Swole, as Patrick Graham is calling him. Patrick Graham last week said that uh, Divine Diablo's got a little bit more size on him this year. They call him Big Swole. Yeah, said, yeah. Everybody had their homeboy named Big Swole. How excited is it just to see that development just in the size of Divine Diablo? Yeah, we're excited about the physical development that he's went through. You know, the biggest thing with Divine has been staying healthy. Right. And so, you know, that's something that he's going to have to show from a durability standpoint that he can do that. And I think he prepared his body physically mm-hmm. um, playing the linebacker position. Another guy going from safety to linebacker, right. and there's still yeah. some development there. And so, yeah, we're excited about how he's shown up and what he's done to his body here for the upcoming season. Before we get to the offense, Dave, one more on the defense. When you look at Russell Wilson and Herbert and especially Mahomes, yep. and you look at this team and the coaches that they have. Yep. When you put your scheme together, your board together for the draft, is it best player all the time is going to grow with us or do you do think of matchups from time to time in this AFC West, yeah. which is the toughest division in football. Yeah, we definitely focus on you know those other teams in the AFC West. We've got to play them both two times a year. And so a lot of our conversations where we talk about you know structuring the defense and structuring the offense, and, and probably more of a focus on defense right now of what we have to defend and, and what we have to, to do to be successful to defend those groups. And so we have a, all those quarterbacks you mentioned can all move, they can all create <laughs> right. um, in their own way. And so 
we have to be able to, to disrupt those guys. We have to be able to not just sack quarterbacks, but move them off the spot, cre- create issues with timing. And so, um, yeah, Tyree Wilson is a guy that we can hope, you know, can do that. Uh, Marcus Epps, you know, on the back end, because you have to have somebody that that you have to be right in coverage when you're facing these quarterbacks. And so a lot of almost every move that we make, there's a conversation where we're talking about adding a player is how do they impact the team, but how do they impact – how are they going to impact the game versus the opponents that we play here in the AFC West? Yeah. How important is it to find someone who can consistently wear that green dot? Last year it bounced around a little bit. That's one question. <laughs> and the other question I have, and uh, me and Q were talking about, how can we get some more interceptions? Yeah. How can we get some more picks around here? Yeah. Well, I, I think with the green dot question, it's, it's really important. Probably a very underrated part, yes. you know, from as a fan looking in, you're not really focused on the green dot guy. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? Um, but they're problem solvers and to have a consistent voice and someone that can one have the voice to communicate have the intelligence to communicate but then can also handle their job yes that's where the dichotomy where that's where it gets difficult at you know can you handle your responsibilities but then also make sure the other 10 guys know their responsibilities and so um you know we feel we have two guys with robert and divine that can do it Um, but you know again robert Part of the reason we brought Robert in was, was his ability and his experience doing that in Pittsburgh. So it's, it's really important, and the consistency is really important. On the second question, um, in terms of getting your hands on more footballs, I think it's all three levels of the defense contribute to that. And, and we're trying to create a more disruptive front. Uh, and, and being able to create more pressure on the quarterback to make quarterbacks have to get to the ball, get the ball off the off the spot early, um, and and disrupt some timing. And you, you know, as a defensive back, that creates some opportunities for DBs. Um, and then also just some of the guys that we've you know tried to add, whether it's been Marcus Epps, whether it's Faison, Jacory, and Bennett. Yeah. Um, you, Chris Smith. Right. You have to find guys that have a knack for it, and they either have a knack for it. Uh, as a combination of speed and athleticism and and instincts or some guys may have it maybe they're a little less um athletically inclined but their instincts and awareness allow them to to make plays on the football but that's a huge focus for us as we're building this defense and continuing to build this out over the next couple years is there's going to be a focus on guys that can make plays on the football and guys that can disrupt the spot of the quarterback position where the quarterback's at you mentioned with chris smith that you thought he was kind of like a young deron Harmon, and deron Harmon had that just nowhere to be when he's Mm -hmm. supposed to be there that's right and um, and he did it in a lot of big games yeah, too yeah. for us. And in, in when we were in, in New England, and he did it in Atlanta, yeah. and he did it here last year that's with the right. Raiders. Yep. And so, um, you know, that's high praise because Duran's, you know, has had um, a tremendous career, and he's done it in big spots. And you know, if Chris can do that, then Chris is going to have a, a really impressive <laughs> football career. <laughs> Dave, let's move to the offense. You have two veteran quarterbacks here who know the system well, and super explosive players. We mentioned Hunter and Jacoby, and what could be done on the outside. With Devontae, what should we expect this year in year two in the system in regards to being more aggressive, downfield, more explosive with these players? I think when you go four wide with the leading rusher in the league who can run the ball at that high level, it's going to be very entertaining for these fans. Yeah, we're really excited about the offensive skill group that we have. And again, it's on paper right now, but when you talk about... Um, what I'm most, what I see is is a lot of guys that can win on critical situations, and mainly we're talking about third down and we're talking about in the red zone. But when you talk about Devontae, obviously can do it. Um, Jacoby Myers is a proven commodity that can do it. Hunter can do it. Um, we feel like Mike Mayer, that's going to be part of his skill set and his strength. Uh, Hooper's done it. 
you know, at the NFL level. And then you add some, you know, some interesting pieces like DeAndre Carter, who can fly, Philip Dorsett, Ooh, who can man. fly, yeah. um, <laughs> Trey Tucker, who can fly. Yeah. Um, got a theme going here. Like, yeah, got a theme going yeah. here. Um, DJ Turner is an explosive player. Yeah. And so we have a, 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 an interesting combination of guys that are these third down, red zone, productive players. And then we have another element of explosiveness and yeah. speed yeah. Um, with another group of players. And so, and, and that's not to mention the tight ends too. And so, um, and then the running back. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot of, you know, there's a lot of guys on the team as they continue to develop and if they reach their potential, that if you're a defensive coordinator, um, you know, you're going to be, you're going to be up late, you know, <laughs> trying to figure out how right. we're going to, how we're going to stop all these guys. How, how big is it that Michael Mayer not only could be that threat in the red zone, obviously he can catch the ball really well, but he's also a really good blocker and that's yeah, going to help the run game yes. out in a major way too. Yeah. You want to, you know, having a tight end that you feel confident that you can run the ball behind, it just, it, it creates a balance um, in your run game that a lot of teams don't have. A lot of teams scheme their runs to run away from the tight ends nowadays mm -hmm. um, because they're, they're not really blockers. And so, so he has some room to grow in that area, sure. um, but he has the willingness to do it, and he has the size and the toughness to do it, um, and so that's a great place to start. And, and yeah, it just it provides another element to the run game when you have a guy that you can run behind at that position. Yeah. Where we are in our division, does that does that kind of set the standard in the bar as far as particularly the receiver room having the the big physical route running receiver and then having the speed guy we see different aspects of that each and every game for us you think you'll see that yeah i think so and i think you know as we look as you know josh is you know does him and his offensive staff do a tremendous job of figuring out how are we going to you know what's what's the weak link mm -hmm. and and yeah. you know from a personnel standpoint right. and then what are some of the schematic issues um, that that our system can um, can cause some of these other teams in our division and I think with this group that we have you know we have a lot of guys that um, like I said are going to cause issues for defenses um, and and you know give us an explosive edge week in and week out the offensive line what type of chip do they have on their shoulder I remember last year talking to you as you mentioned you didn't have a lot of time yeah from your new scouting department Department, the people you brought in and you're going with six or seven guys into the preseason in a rotation now you have the leading rusher because of that offensive line yeah so what's their what's their mindset now after doing that and not getting a lot of respect around the league for being an elite offensive line you got Colton and a couple of good players there but what do you expect from them as you make it a little bit more demanding this year to even be better yeah we're I know that group's really excited and they're really excited because is if you've played football or you've been around football Ball, continuity on the offensive line is really important to that group. Uh, the ability to communicate with each other, the ability to know the strengths and weaknesses of each individual player, and we're bringing them back basically a group you know that that played together last year and a group again that's improved because they know the system. Um, so Colton, you know, one of the best left tackles in the league, and then we have a lot of competition at tackle mm -hmm. with Brandon Parker, Justin Haran, Thayer, Jermaine. Uh, uh, we brought in Dalton Wagner um, after the draft, so there's going to be a lot of a um, lot of competition at that tackle position, um, and there's a you know a lot of co competition inside. Um, Moody's been a guy that's really um, you know made some strides this off season, um, who we signed from Denver last year, mm -hmm. just physically and from a conditioning standpoint, obviously. Um, you know, Alex is back. We added Justin Murray, who's a veteran. Um, we, we added, um, I don't know if he's, um, 
I don't know if he's uh, on there, but Greg Van Roten, um, who he signed, is another guy that's had a lot of experience in the league, started a lot of games. And so we're excited about the continuity of that group. That group's excited about the continuity of that, of that group. And they do play with the chip. Good. They were a group that helped produce the leading rusher in the league. <laughs> yeah. But anytime they turn on, you know, a social media or something like that, they stink. And so we're fine <laughs> with that. You know, everybody can think that, you know, we stink as a, as a team and that we stink individually as a position. We'll continue to use that as fuel and we'll continue to use that as motivation to um, you know to go to the places that we know we're going to go here as we're working through this process. So there's part two of the conversation with Raiders GM Dave Ziegler and it's not over yet. No, it's not. We still have part three coming up in segment number three. Again, this is from Raiders Content Day, the Raiders Roundtable. Really good conversation. JT the Brick, Eric Allen, and myself had a blessing, had an opportunity to be blessed and, and be able to talk to multiple players and multiple people in the Raiders organization uh, at that content day at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center. So you'll here coming up in segment number three, part three of that conversation with the GM, Dave Ziegler. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we go. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to jump into part three of the conversation with Raiders GM, Dave Ziegler. And it's going to start off with me asking about a couple undrafted free agents, Dalton Wagner and Curtis McClendon, two guys that the Raiders made as priority signings on the offensive line, signed them as soon as the draft was over. Here's part three of that conversation. What did you see in Wagner and Curtis? Because you signed those guys immediately after the draft. And there are some guys that they were actually surprised that they didn't get drafted. Yeah, Yeah. a lot of competition for those two players. Um, And so we had to do a lot of work from just a recruiting standpoint um, as a, after the draft finished to, to, to explain and help them understand why this opportunity was going to be a great opportunity for them. But Dalton is a big, long kid. It played, obviously, in the SEC, 34-inch arms, a lot of power, a lot of strength. Um, you know, we're going to improve some areas, uh, you know, some areas of uh, other areas of his game in terms of some agility stuff and foot quickness and stuff that he's already improving in. But if you watched him against Alabama, um, you know, and going against Will Anderson, um, he did a pretty good job. Yeah. And, and so, again, when you can see those guys going against the top players, it's, it's exciting. And then um, with our guy from Tennessee, Chattanooga, yeah. uh, another big, long, yeah. strong kid. I mean, his strength in the weight room, he's NFL strong now. Mm-hmm. Now, it's, t- now it's, it's honing the technique. And so mm-hmm. you see a big, long, raw kid um, that has some, air, some room to grow, but he has the base strength and the size and the length um, to stack it on top of each other. And he's a great kid that wants to win and wants to work. And so he has the traits to, to, to reach his potential. It's going to be up to him and up to us, you know, to develop it. Yeah, I love the versatility last year of Dylan Parham. I yep. think he did a really great job of swinging from guard to wherever you guys yep. wanted him. Is that one of the things, almost of line-wise, that you guys are looking at in free agency and uh, through the draft? Yeah, I love it. Mm-hmm. You know, because like you said, the one position offensive lineman, like, you have to be really good if you're going to be yeah. just a one position guy on the offensive line there's um they're from just a, an attrition standpoint and the injury standpoint right. you know having guys that can shuffle in and play multiple spots and do it at a high level it gives everybody else in the in the group confidence yeah you know when they see a guy yeah well i've worked with you at center i've seen you play guard you know in, in the coaching staff confidence too and so yeah from an offensive line standpoint Two position players is going to be all, always something that we focus on and always something that we value. Dave, last one on football. I want to go to special teams. The philosophy that you brought in from the past and the success you've had with other coaches now, they're kind of taking a little bit of a way with the fair catch. We talked about it on radio yeah. extensively about that. Mm-hmm. you got two of the best. A.J. Cole is a punter. 
and Carlson's amazing. So the strength of this team, when you have to cut players back, but you're going to leave someone on the roster because they're an elite special yep. teams player. Tell us about that. Yeah, a lot of value. Um, something that I was taught a long time ago is is the impact of the kicking game. Now the rules are maybe you know trying to reduce some of that, but you know when you look at your punt team in general and just the punt, right? The punt is one of the longest plays from a field position standpoint in the game. Mm -hmm. You're talking about 48, 50 yards, you know, uh, of um, field position that can essentially change. And so having guys that can be disruptive in the kicking game, that can go down and flip field position, make tackles, um, create turnovers, whatever it may be. But it's a huge part of the game that people don't, you know, a lot of people don't focus on, but just the field position aspect, being able to pin people inside the 20 on a kickoff, being able to, with our punter, mm -hmm. you know, and his ability to uh, punt it directionally and pin guys inside the 10, but us being able to get down and, and, and hold guys inside the 15, inside the 10, um, and, and do those types of things is something that we value a lot. So with each position group on our team, other than the offense and the defensive line, there's guys that are on our team specifically for their ability to contribute in the kicking game. That's why we sign them in free agency. That's why we sign them in the draft or whatever it may be. And so something that we're always going to value um, and, and, and hold um, in high regard here um, with the Las Vegas Raiders. When you look at Trey Tucker, we always talk about his speed because he has it. Like you said, yeah. he flies, right? But he's also a guy that's willing to go down and tackle and is a really good gunner. How important is that for the special teams unit? Yeah, it's huge. Um, and those guys that can put pressure on the actual punt returner um, to one, either stop them, like you said, to make a quick tackle or create turnovers. That's another way to contribute on Sundays. The more opportunities or the more opportunities you give yourself to do that by your versatility, you just increase your value on the team. Let's wrap it up. I want to, if you could take our uh, fans behind the scenes when the owner and your our head coach and you got together with this alumni opportunity. Yeah. What, what was the process like? knowing these gold jackets are coming in, other legendary players. I saw the look on your face at the M and out here on the B-roll. How important is that? Because that's the past here. This is the new, yeah. but bridging these great players. It's, it's, it's you know, hugely important. Um, you know, growing up 25 minutes from the Football Hall of Fame, where I grew up, I've always had a great appreciation for the NFL greats. The Raiders have more than almost anybody in the league. Um, our team room here, when you go into our team room here, all the, all the Raider greats pictures are all across the walls. We want our guys to understand who laid the foundation and what it, what they stood for and, and, and what they valued. And it's really, when once we got to know these guys and we've had them here, it's not that much different than what we're talking about. Yeah. These Raiders teams that won a lot of games, they loved the process. Mm -hmm. They worked at practice. They spent time after practice. I know they had the reputation. They like to have some fun yeah. off the field too, <laughs> which they did. But what they talked about is all those guys, the best players on those teams, practice ended. They were out there another 30 minutes, another hour, whatever it took. And then they brought young guys with them. And so it was. we're talking about being smart football players, being tough and physical, you know, an intimidating style of play. Um, being explosive, being disruptive. It's a lot of the things that, that, that allow these guys to be successful, but it was overwhelming to have them here. You know, I had a moment to spend, you know, spend time with them and, um, you know, uh, got a little emotional because, you know, I'm, I'm, I never thought I'd be in the position of talking in, in front of, you know, eight to 10 special, you know, gold jacket guys, <laughs> you know, Hall of Famers. And I told my wife about it. She said, well, you didn't even get emotional when the kids were born. I said, there weren't 10 Hall of Famers in the room. It was a really, really special thing. Um, a great message from all the guys that were here to our guys here to understand 
um, what legacy and what the expectations are when you put on um, this Raiders uniform and you step into this facility, um, expectations are high and, and these guys are the ones that set the bar. Yeah, this, this is a unique situation it here, is. unlike any other place in the National Football League because once you're ready, you really are, and we do an outstanding job to continue to invite the alumni back, and we really appreciate you guys continuing that trend. Yeah, well, it's really important for us. We love them. We tell them this is their home. You know, they're welcome nice. anytime. Um, Greg Townsend was out there coaching up the defensive ends. <laughs> of course and, he was. You know, getting those guys ready, but <laughs> it was, again, uh, we value um, their wisdom. We value what they've done. Um, you know, for us to have this, we don't have this if it wasn't for the, the greats that were here in the past. And so um, just, you know, very fortunate. Well, speaking of emotions, I want to take you back to draft day. And uh, Peter King was on Raider Nation Radio 920 with us. And we're talking about the fact that you walked by the big picture of Al Davis and just kind of gave him a pat and just, you know, just got a little, yeah. little, little fired up to, to have that opportunity to go into the draft room knowing the, the great Al Davis, who led this organization. Yeah, there's not a day, really. I mean, it's probably if we're here for seven days out of the week, at least five of them, I give him an imaginary fist bump when I walk by the <laughs> um, walk by his picture down down the hall. And just to see, when I see the image of, of Al Davis, uh, it just means a lot to me because I know what he meant to the NFL. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know what he means to the Raiders, obviously, too. And, um, you know, I feel that I want to do, I feel that pressure in a good way. I want to do, I want to be successful for the Davis family. I want to make Al Davis proud and, and, and Josh feels the same way. And so, yeah, it's, um, it's a special thing just to know that I'm walking in the footsteps of one of the greats. So there it is. There it was right there. That was the full meal deal with Raiders GM Dave Ziegler from uh, Raider Content Day at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center, Raiders HQ. Really a fun time. You can check out the whole thing. If you want to check out the the video on YouTube, you can do that. The Raiders have put that up on their website. I know many people have seen it, but hopefully if you have not heard it, you enjoyed that conversation that we all had. And again, to be there with JT the Brick and Eric Allen, I thought that was a a really good uh, opportunity for myself and uh, great to be able to interact with people like G. Dave Ziegler. How about Max Crosby? How about Marcus Epps? How about Andre James? Brian Hoyer? They were all part of the event as well. And so, oh, uh, Jacoby Myers, he was another guy that was part of the event as well. So we got more of those kind of conversations coming up. Matter of fact, I got a conversation that I'll be coming up a little bit later on this week. Matter of fact, we'll close out uh, the week. We'll, we'll do Friday's show with Patrick Walker. Uh, he's a guy that actually covers the Cowboys, but he was on my radio show talking about mental health in a podcast that he has. And I like to uh, turn my attention sometimes to conversations that aren't necessarily 100% sports related but sometimes conversations that need to be heard so Patrick Walker will be part of the show coming up uh, on Friday as we close out the week and head into the weekend again another best of show that we have going on here on the Lockdown Raiders podcast so until then Raider Nation take care of yourself take care of your family love on your family most importantly as always just win baby